blokes talking tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. All the latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 343. Thanks to the good people at Netgear and Uniden. Stephen Fennick, we are together again uh, on off-site on an outside off-site. broadcast. This is becoming a habit. Yeah, it, well, two weeks in a row is not a habit. That's just repetitive. So it's becoming a habit. Be- becoming a habit, all right. Oh. But, but we, should, we, we, we always get together. I think something becomes a habit after about 10 weeks. Okay. Don't you reckon? Ten yeah. occasions of something would be coming a habit? Journey of a thousand miles starts with one step. So <laughs> we, we start we start slow, <laughs> as Confucius would say. Uh, Stephen Friendly from techguide.com.au. Trevor Long from eftm.com with you with uh, all the things in tech this week. Let's get cracking. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, Stephen, we are in a uh, another luxury mansion. Let's be honest. Yeah. Last week it was Mossman. Yep. Uh, this week it is Bondi. More my my side of the harbour, mate. My yeah, hood. you didn't require yeah. a passport to no. get here, which was good for you because yeah, you it hate good. it. You hate it. But um, um, this is an interesting one for me because it's not just a location. So last week and, and often um, products are revealed in in homes because it's just a better better environment. Yeah. And there's always a home kind of feeling to it. But this is all about um, taking over this place. We're here with Samsung, and what they've done is found a place that they can obviously spend some time in because they have basically kitted this out with every possible Samsung product you can have. There's uh, countless numbers of TVs. I mean, yes. <laughs> there's artwork Frame on, TVs. There's artwork on the wall that turns into TVs because you didn't right. realise the there's that many of them. Yep. Um, lounge room TV, uh, stick vacuum, washing machine, dryer. There's uh, door locks. There's, yeah. um, there's a Family fridge. hub fridge, yep. And I think... This is fascinating to me. Uh, I'm not blowing smoke up there uh, behind because they're here, but it's fascinating to me because we've seen this stuff before, right? Yeah. Um, CES, IFA. We went to Rome earlier in the year. We've yep. seen all this stuff. Yes, you do connect at home. Yes, stuff talks together. But this is in Australia. Every product here is available, and it all works. Like mm. we're able to see each and everything working seeing together. It, well, they call that in situ. We're seeing it as it is, as it operates. Why do you have to be so nerdy? Okay. <laughs> Uh, let's, so let's start with the, with the family hub. We've, we've both are lucky enough to have a family hub at home yeah. and experience the concept of a smart fridge. Um, and there's a lot about the family hub to love and, you know, memos, looking inside, uh, internet yeah. connectivity, shopping on the fridge. But the connected home part of it is something that we haven't yet really ventured into because yeah. we've uh, the next version of the family hub that you'll find in stores around June, end of June, is actually the third version of the fridge but also the third version of the software. Um, and just like when... Android and Apple update their software every year, you know, big leaps and bounds in certain areas. So yep. this this version of software that will come to people with the second generation fridge, but not those with the first. Yeah. So if you've if you've already invested in your version two, which was a year a year ago, yeah, you're going to still get the software update. But if you're an early adopter and went for version one, version one, yeah, you're yeah. going to miss out. But Time to hit eBay. If you, <laughs> but the the point of, the point of version three that we that we like to look at here today is the connected home. So, the, so remember, Samsung bought Smart Things, which was a, a US company that was doing really cool stuff in the connectivity space, bringing multiple devices together yep. so they could communicate with each other. And, and years ahead, years ahead of what, where we are today, where oh, yeah. this suddenly becoming reality, they they had the foresight to 
have okay this this company which they acquired yep. was going to be where the where the puck's going to be you know what I mean where it's going to be where we're going to be in a few years time yeah that's right so and it was so great foresight th- they've now updated that it's a very simple to use app and now you're getting to the point where all the Samsung devices are integrated through that app so you're on the fridge and you've got the TV you've got the washing machine they all appear a robot mm-hmm. vacuum um, they all appear on the fridge as things that you can control. Um, and most of the time you think, what do I need? Like, what do I need to, uh, to be able to control my, my washing machine for? What do, what do I need to be able to do with the TV? What do I need? But you're, you're in the kitchen, right? And you're, you're about to, I don't know, finish up dinner. Um, the kids are upstairs doing their homework or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Uh, you know, it would be good to run the vacuum over or you're just about to leave home. Yeah. You're in the fridge. You don't have to walk over to where the vacuum is. You don't yeah. even have to open up your phone. You just press on the smart yeah. things. Well, you press on the vacuum and you press play and off it goes on its run around the home. It, it's all about making it easier for people. And if you got that access to answer your doorbell or look at through your security cameras or start your washing machine or know when your washing machine is over, your cycle's done, and that, that's the whole concept of this. The whole concept of the, the smart home is making that simplicity and convenience, mm. and it's good that we've seen it in action here. The, from the vacuum, the the uh, the quick drive washing machine, mm. the family hub, power the power stick as well. Um, See, the interesting yeah. thing is, and they made this point to us earlier. You don't need to buy it all, right? Yeah. You don't need to go to Harvey Norman and say, "I want every Samsung." They'd love it if you did, because it'd mm. be a massive um, investment. Course. And Harvey's yeah. would probably give you fifty-five years interest free, <laughs> but. Um, you could buy, let's say your washing machine's you know end of life, or it's you're realizing it's not efficient. You buy mm-hmm. a new new Samsung in this case, uh, Q Drive, Quick Drive washing machine, mm-hmm. um, and you get a whole whole heap of benefits initially because it is a modern bit of technology. And they've had the Ad Wash for a few years, which is a front loader washing machine that allows you to throw some socks, undies, or shirt in while you're going. Mm-hmm. Plus, they've got um, in it now a new this Q Drive technology yeah. basically makes the whole wash much much more efficient. And so you're getting that straight off the bat when you buy a new washing machine. Mm. But what you're not getting is um, from another washing machine that might be efficient is the connectivity. Yeah. And I like the idea of being able to use your smartphone to get a notification. Maybe not start the washing machine. That does feel like a bit of a leap forward for most people. I mean, I've just loaded the thing. Why wouldn't I push the button now? Mm-hmm. But the the great example of that is I've loaded my you know five kilos of washing you know for the, for the day into the washing machine um, with the app. Or the or the fridge, you can actually go. Do you know what? I'm I'm at work. I loaded it. Now I'm going. Yeah. I've worked out. I'm going to be time. home at six o'clock. You can actually set it up so that it finishes the load of washing when you get home at six well, o'clock. What What about the curator though? So the the smarts of the of the 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 system is not just being able to hit go and have the washing ready. It's it's also the suggestions that it to don't mix. Your t-shirts with your blouses, yeah, and so, I so when you're ticking the ticking the boxes that you that, that that for for someone who doesn't do the washing often, and not that I you know not that I don't do the washing often, but for well, someone who's coming into it fresh, that was very nice like, of you, like not, to, you not to initially point the finger well, at me. I wasn't going to say anything, but but I don't do the washing. You, I've been but banned, it, but it is it's again that layer of convenience that yeah. can help prevent like imagine if you if that feature wasn't there, you might have put a, a blouse in with a colour t-shirt and ruined everything. This well, at least has got your back. Having seen that, so the Curator, uh, Q-R-A-T-R, uh, Curator, very, very nifty, because um, it's a Q drive washing machine. Um, the Curator app kind of says to you, right, what are you doing? And uh, and you say, you got the options there? Like it tick boxes. Hmm. So if I said T-shirts, it automatically blacks out, greys out the, the, other the sweaters, <laughs> right, the woolen sweaters. Yeah. And I'll be honest, that's where I went wrong. 
That's you where just, I failed. You just throw it all in together. I just threw it all in. There yeah, was a woolen so sweater in there, and that sweater, it now fits rookie, a six-year-old. It was meant to be for a 40-year-old. So yeah. big problems. And so it automatically kind of gives you that hint. And then in the next step, yeah. it says, are they colored? Are they, are they mm. heavily soiled or, or lightly? So you know mm. whether to do a, a long wash or a short wash. So th- there's some smarts there. And what about the... Um, and again, you kind of don't know this unless you've looked at a shop. But when was the last time anyone who doesn't need a washing machine actually looked for a washing machine? There's a 15-minute cycle. Yeah, quick like one. a quick one but, for lightly sold stuff. That's done. the beauty of it. You, you can say, oh, I need I need the cycle done by a certain time. It'll say, right, you need to do this started at this time. You need to choose this cycle. Uh, I liked it also too, where it gave you a menu choice and said, okay, here are your options. It even gave you the energy usage for yes. each cycle. So if you weren't in a hurry, you could put it on super eco mode, and that's the lowest energy usage. Mm. So all these little choices that it's giving us is just helps. That that just adds to the appeal of the product. Um, the stick vacuum, Power Stick Pro. So this is a huge space, right? We saw Dyson leave, basically yeah. leave the the barrel vacuum market early this year. They've, they're no more; they're not making corded vacuums anymore. You so walk the stick in, is the go. Now. You walk into Harvey Norman. There's massive Dyson signs. They're selling big numbers of Dysons. You've got LG. A couple of years ago, started the Cord Zero, which looked a bit Electrolux to me, but this year their Cord Zeros are, are very much the kind of upright stick with the little barrel at the end, and this. Is a, still, it's a, actually a much more modern, futuristic-looking design, the Power Stick Pro, but the concept is the same. You're holding in the hand. Yeah. Up near your hand is the, is the actual core of the vacuum. But you don't... I kept pulling the trigger. You don't have to hold the trigger down. Yep. There's and, an on button. And then there's a long stick <laughs> down to the thing. So the, I want, that's, a, that's a key differentiator that you just yeah. mentioned there, right? Now, I've got the Dyson and the LG at home, and um, the Dyson requires you to pull the trigger yeah. constantly. And hold it. And is, I that, know, is that tiring? Is it? Uh, you, yes, you, mate. You poor dear. I'm telling you... You poor dear. I'm telling you that is not... A, a good action to be doing for yeah. 40 minutes. If you're cleaning the whole house, yeah, that's true. mate, that hurts. Yeah. And, and I know now why you don't have that problem because you're only ever using it in turbo modes. You're only ever doing yeah, like a doing 10, 10 minutes 10 minute. at a time. Yeah. But if you actually go and do the whole house, mate, that hurts your finger. So I've been using the LG. You put press one button, it turns on. You're not holding a trigger. Samsung and then there's, as well. Then the, I'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Then there's a button to say, you know, more power, more power and turbo. Samsung have a power button on the top, so you press it, it's on. Mm. And there's a trigger, which you, while ever you're holding it in, is in turbo, turbo mode. mode. And I, I think it's so funny short spurts because if you it. our default is to just go, well, of course I want the most suction possible, right? Of course right. I want turbo right. mode. <laughs> but see, when they're, when they're rated to 40 minutes of cleaning power, you think, well, why is this thing running out after 10 minutes? It's rubbish. Yeah, cause they it's do because the, you're doing turbo mode. Yeah. And we, we were told, too, that they do all of the comparative testing on the regular mode. Yeah, so Sam, not on the turbo mode. Sam the Samsung man. He's, he's pointed out very clearly yep. that the, the Cheerio tests is what it's called. So <laughs> think Cocoa Pops or whatever on the floor, yeah. um, Cheerios in the US. When, you, when you're vacuuming up those things, and I look at them and I go, well, there's, some, there's a lot of rubbish. Like my kids, it's just awful at the dinner yeah. table. There's bloody pasta on the floor. There's everything. <laughs> there's bread tags in the kitchen. It's amazing to me that a stick vacuum can get those can things. But all, secondly, yeah. it can do it in normal mode. It does not have to be... In turbo mode, that's what's critical. What it doesn't the, have to be in turbo mode. What about the flex mode. head, though? The flex is that the, it flexes that's the, to fifty degrees. That's the key point of difference. Now, people will be clear here. We're not talking about the end on the floor, which flexes on yeah. on most vacuums. Although this is this very is very up good. In the handle, it's the mate. top where your handle is that you yeah. can press a tab, and the whole handle feels like it disconnects from the from the barrel and the stick of the it vacuum. Extends fifty degrees, so that you, you've not only got the flexibility of the head down the bottom, but the barrel up the top flexes, so mm. that you've got two essentially two angles: one on the floor. And one up at your hand, so mm. you're you're basically bending down a lot less. And it was also pointed out that if to try to do that with another cleaner, especially if you're having to hold the trigger and sort of try to get under the the, the 
couch hmm. that's going to just add more stress. And with our aging population, that uh, was pointed out to us as not not a favourable feature. But another thing that I liked about the the power sticks was the fact that you can there there's kind of little things that have got your back in terms of the battery you press the battery and it doesn't just pop out of the machine mm. you can, it's also got they they said the battery's rated it's got a longer lifespan as well so it's like 80% after however yeah, many so years in, 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 a, in a year so to still retain the charge no no i'm going to yeah. tell you that in terms of watching you know it not not actually physically using it at home yet but the um the the the, the bin that you empty right so when i mm. when i'm um, t- cleaning out the dyson I take the, the big stick off the end and mm-hmm. I go out to the auto bin and I clip the bottom and, and the whole thing falls yeah. out in the but auto bin. You've got to bin. take the whole thing out there, though, yeah. don't you? Well, it's only the head, but you not take the stick off. But it's still, yeah, a big, but still big the big head. Of vacuum, yeah. right? This thing, the little, the little receptacle where mm. all the rubbish is, the mm. whole receptacle comes off and it's not loose, open. You could tip it upside down. It's not yeah. there. And then there's a button to release it all into the bin. So you can literally release it into the bin in the kitchen. Yeah, and, and not, not make, make a mess. mess. Yeah, That's Jinx. important. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, they're little things, right? And it's a tough market because here's the challenge, and this goes back to, do you remember six years ago? We're, we're talking about people trying to take on the iPad and we're talking about why are you pricing your tablet at the same price. Yeah. They're, they're, you're, in a, you're in Harvey Norman, right? You, your wife and yourself are desperate to buy a new one of these yeah. fancy stick vacuums. Stick back, yep. You've got 800, 900, 1,000, whatever dollars you've got, and you yep. think you're going to buy a Dyson. And then you present it with options. You've yep. got the Cord Zero, you've got the Power Stick Pro, right? Now at seven hundred, this is six ninety nine or seven ninety nine. Seven ninety nine, you get the hard floor and another attachment and things. So you're standing there, and you, your initial decision is based pretty much on price mm. and and brand awareness. And Dyson has huge brand awareness. Dyson, yeah, absolutely. So the challenge for Samsung, other let alone LG, the challenge for Samsung is at the retail store level, can they get the same cut through with the retail store staff? who are guiding people through those decisions. Can they demonstrate in, you know, one minute or less something like A, the the the, the handle angle, the the, the flex, the flex yep. and the and the barrel um, emptying, you know? Those two things alone would be they're points of difference. Absolutely. That need yeah. to be demonstrated and seen that make mm. you go, Oh, actually, oh mm. I can't do that with the dice. Well no, you're right. It's important at the store at, at the store level, and, and I'm pretty sure there'd be Samsung staff manning those areas. Have you seen the sort of little store within a store they have now? No, no, they're a quite expensive way to yeah. do it. But you know, but if you can if you can demonstrate the difference between what the Dyson can do and what your product can do, then yeah. well worth it. But the, those points of difference uh, are noticeable enough, and I think big enough for customers to be able to sort of really differentiate between the products. It's not like one is imitating the other. There's enough differences in one product to say, okay, well, that gives me that option and the other. Mate, there's a massive flying over Bondi Beach right now behind you. Quick look. There's a massive bloody um, Air Force caribou. Like, fair I wonder what you're pointing at. Low as hell just flew over the beach line. Yeah. You would, this, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is why the beach line, the coastline of Sydney, is a no-fly zone for drones. Well, Reminder. at a certain height. Yeah. I've always got my eyes open when I'm flying at Maroubra. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> Two blokes talking tech. Uh, all the details of the Samsung Connected Home over the coming days at eftm.com and techguide.com.au. Now, we know Norton as a brand that is, obviously, the first thing you think about is they're a very well-respected internet security uh, software company. But they've now entered the hardware space with a new router called the Core Wi-Fi Router. And the difference here being is that all of their smarts in the security space is now baked into this router Mm. so that we can now protect our whole network 
before if a, if a threat if a threat is coming into our network, this is will become the gatekeeper where it can use its technology to prevent any threats. And we're talking not just your computers and your laptops. Uh, we're talking about the the little products like the your ring doorbells, it's all your IoT it's products. The, yeah, it's the products that you don't you don't install. So I, I think of these things as being the products that you don't install in internet security software. It could be your TV too, yeah. right? Any product that is smart, connected to the internet, and like I've got 56 devices on my home network right now. And I think about them, okay, so there's a couple of laptops, there's two computers, and I guess maybe three yep. or four phones, right? So let's call it just, let's say 10 of them. So one-fifth of them, are compatible with antivirus software. So the other yeah. four-fifths of my home yeah. are, are potentially expressed. Well, that's right. Well, they're saying that they are the weak links in your network and they've been exploited. We've heard all the stories about baby monitors and security cameras being taken over by hackers. But the other interesting thing that Norton pointed out was that in their latest security, their security report, that the router is often an exploited part of your network too. Right. So if they get in your router, then game over. So with this... They're giving, uh, not only do you get the hardware, but they've also offered the license for 10 of your devices. So you, you're not going to only use your laptop at home. You're going to lap, take your laptop out. So you'll still get that security when you're outside the network. Mm. But I, we had, I had sat down with the guys from Norton at CBIT the other day, and I, I asked the question. I said, well, here's a product that since, let, let's call it since three years ago, since Netflix started, mm. is when people really started paying attention to their Wi-Fi networks and the quality of the Wi-Fi network. So having Wi-Fi... It was one thing, but having a quality Wi-Fi network was yeah. something else. So I asked the question. I said, well, some people, uh, you know, how, how would yours stack up against the other routers in the market, like your Orbeez and yeah. your Velops and all these other mesh systems? And they, they, they did a lot of work in, on the hardware side, and they came back and said, well, a lot of those mesh networks are mainly two-by-two two routers that, that, that connect two-by-two. Two. They've still got the multiple user, multiple input, multiple output. The, the Norton router... I still don't know what you mean by 2 by 2 Well, it's a, that, that's just how the router's configured. This is a 4 by 4 router, so the different multiple MUMIO setup on this one device. Have you seen what it looks like? It looks like yeah, a... Looks I don't even name it. It looks like a funny-looking ball. You know, it looks like a 365. They call it, uh, they, no, they called it a geodesic dome. Don't you reckon it looks like a 365? A little bit, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah good the call. old camera? I was yeah. wondering about it. Yeah, but with, with that... So my, my question was... Is this going to stack up in terms of range, speed, performance as those others? And the, and the investment in the hardware is they've got a 1.6 gigahertz dual core processor, mm. one gig of RAM, four gig of flash memory as well. Yeah. So they're testing according to the, their their claims, and I haven't reviewed the product yet, but they say that their coverage would be similar to what Orbi can achieve right now out well, of one out of one. I don't believe out that of for one. A well, I'm I'm going to test this when I get the device to. I think the problem, it's not out till July. So I think the problem with that is they'll be looking at that, and I'm happy to test it too. But my problem is I think they're saying if you put it in the middle of the home, it will get the same range. But no, no one has mm. their modem in the middle of their home. That's why yeah. Google Wi-Fi, um, D-Link Cover, and Netgear Orbi work is because. Your modem can be anywhere, and the satellites extended across your home sufficiently. There's just no way that a single yep. device can can meet meet a mesh network. Which is why I wonder: can it also be used as just a home network protection device? So my my example is Trend Micro. If you tried the Trend Micro yep. home network security box, small box doesn't have Wi-Fi, it doesn't have anything. It's just got mm. power and ether. Just sits between the modem and your yeah. router. Well, it doesn't. No, no. It just sits on your network. Oh, you right. just plug it into the network, and because it's on the network, it's monitoring all traffic, and therefore it can it can create a block and an alert. So it becomes like a little firewall that sits within your network. So 
if if the um, Norton product, core, what's it called? Core? Core Wi-Fi. If the Norton Core product can be just Norton Core on your network, then man, I think it's got it's got legs. Well, uh, the other the other thing the other thing is that you may already have a router in your home. Yeah, and to introduce this, you need to put this. Yeah, you've just ahead bought an Orbi or something. You know? Yeah, so you need you'll need to put this ahead of your other router. So if you want that, and this has got parental controls and all these other things, you can really drill down, especially for for a parent. You can per user. You can turn off individual devices and pause the internet. So there's all these other features. Yeah. So if you you can actually put this ahead of your router. By that I mean the core connects to your modem, and then you connect your other routers to the core, so that it is it, it's that first line before the other router. So it's got yeah. it's got that. That's a uh, problem, like DMZ. It's, 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 it's a proper firewall. Yeah. yeah. So. In in this situation, they said look, again, it'll it'll still do things like being able to prioritize 4K content, so you can prioritize bandwidth to different products, and yep. and it's got four Ethernet ports as well, two USB three ports. So it's uh, and there's also the app that also gives you a security score. So when you set it up, they explain that it'll look at all your setup and it'll identify the holes in your network. So you, you it might say, well, your doorbell still got the default password on, or a pretty weak password on, or whatever. So it'll give you a score. So it might give you, say, a score of 300 or whatever. I wonder and if you can look at software version to see what devices you've failed to update. Yeah, well, like that, I'm not sure whether that's part of the app. That, that, I, I, again, that might, I haven't not, reviewed it. might be part it. of yeah. the score, yeah. But, um, it, it, again, it's not just plug it in and I'm good. This this uh, sort of can sort of almost educate the, the customer to say, right, well, this how you've configured that, that's not safe. And it can even... You know, like you got you got an electrical safety switch at home. So say you got a dodgy toaster connected to your house, yeah, right? Yeah. It trips the safety switch, so nothing else gets harmed. This can do a similar thing with a with a product that may be vulnerable. It can hive it off and put it on its own little network, so that it can't infect the rest of the network. Yeah, right. So it's got that kind of smarts built into it, baked into that hardware. I think uh, it's it's going to be out in a couple of months. But I'm really looking forward to get my hands on this one because yeah. this could really sort of help customers secure their network. What's the price again? It's going to be three ninety nine. But that includes but that includes a year's worth of software for ten. There's ten licenses, yeah. and then there's an ongoing Which in itself license. is only one hundred and fifty odd dollars. They have it, yeah. So uh, they're there, you know, And Norton, very trusted company, and they're they're identifying threats all the time. They're one of the authorities in internet security. So having giving you that peace of mind, I think, with you know, still getting your fast connections on your network and having that speed, that safety as well, give a lot of people peace of mind. And I, I look forward to seeing that and reviewing it in a couple of months. Check out the details, techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. The Two Blokes Talking Tech podcast is proudly sponsored by Uniden, and they've just released a range of dash cams including the iGo Cam 80. Now, this is one of the first dash cams that offers 4K resolution, so you can see uh, even higher even higher quality video through the camera, so really important in identifying things like number plates and street signs and even people and, and car makes and models. So if there ever is a time you need to identify or use a video, you can see all of that detail. But it's not only giving it's not does not only got your back in terms of having your side of the story told, but it also has a lot of safety features. It's got a 2.4 inch LCD screen. Uh, it's also got speed and red light camera warnings, but it can, it's also got it's also got lane assistance too. So if you drift out of a lane, 
it can this is a feature normally found in higher end cars it can give you a, an audible and visual warning to uh, to get back in your lane so good 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 safety features included as well uh, it also works and uh, it not only does it work on the road but it also has a parking mode so if you uh, have your car parked and a car happens to hit your car this will activate and record instantly its surroundings. So gone are the times where that person who backed in your car not leaving a note, well, you're going to have a video to, to catalogue that whole thing. The Uniden iGo Cam 80, it's available now, it's $279, and it's one of many of the uh, cams in the Uniden range. You can check that out at uniden.com.au. Well, as if Spotify, Apple Music, and every other bloody streaming Amazon service, Prime, Amazon, Amazon Music, Music Unlimited, yep. wasn't enough. We need know. another one. Well, yeah, but here's the crazy thing. YouTube Music is launching next Wednesday here in Australia uh, and globally at the same time. Um, Google already have Google Play Music. You can already... They just want to compete against each other. Can, you can already buy a music subscription service on bloody Google. So their, their own company, YouTube, is now setting up a, di- a separate app. Now... I'm just going to say from the start, I think, so it's an you know, $11.99 subscription monthly. You get access to music through the, U- the new YouTube music app. Now, I actually cannot tell from the blog post whether or not this thing is only videos or whether it's videos and audio, like just only audio files. Like I literally can't work out what the app is. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So it's not YouTube Red, is it? YouTube no, no, Red's so totally different. A couple of things. YouTube Red is being rebranded, YouTube Premium. Right. So YouTube Premium launches next week. That's now the old YouTube. The old bread. YouTube bread. They can't keep a, a roadmap. Name. Like they need a marketing team. They change names every six <laughs> months for their products. It's awful. So YouTube Red becomes YouTube Premium. If you want YouTube Music and YouTube Premium, it's fourteen ninety nine, and you get them both kind of thing. It's just confusing as all hell. But the, a single app that allows you to get access to all the music, they say, you know, covers and live performances that you can't get anywhere else. Yeah, I get that because they're on YouTube. My question is, is it ring fencing that stuff away from other YouTube users? Is it Are they uh, doing more for existing copyright holders and music rights owners to stop the rubbish appearing on YouTube as well? Do you know what I mean? Like it feels like they've done some deal with the music industry to, to update themselves and get themselves into the modern mm. world of streaming. I'm just not 100% sure what the whole thing is going to be until we get hands-on with it next week. Well, I think well, you got you got to re- remember that YouTube is one of the most visited sites on the planet. 100%. So I think it's the second highest uh, search engine after Google itself. Yeah. So there's there's already a lot of eyeballs there, and a lot a lot of music is actually rather than people just listening to the music. There's a lot of people that watch a lot of the music. Oh yeah. There's even videos there that that have just got a static image and just plays the music in the background. And so with the YouTube Music app, you'll get ads if you don't pay, and you won't be able to run it in the background. You won't be able to download stuff. So the the premium you pay for eleven ninety nine is you can run in the backgrounds, which yeah. means you clo- you you know go to another app and it's still playing. Yeah. That's what you want, obviously, okay. like yeah, you would yeah. with Spotify or Apple Music. Um, Plus, you can download and download, download yeah, music. So again, it's that here, whole right. thing of am I downloading the video? But like, is, is so this, many questions. Isn't this just a copy of Spotify and Apple Music though? But but it, but if you've got videos, are you downloading the videos well, so Apple, you can watch the videos on Apple a plane? Music just a new, yeah, but got mate, too, they don't have like let's be clear. Yeah, they don't one, have the library it's of YouTube. One percent of their of Apple's yeah. vi- music is video, of course, right? Um, so is 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 
I don't, I don't, I don't literally don't know. Is YouTube going to be ninety percent video and ten percent audio only? It's a really interesting question. And the thing is, I, I was reading somewhere else um, that like Spotify's got like seventy million customers, paying customers. Apple's got forty million plus the you know eight or ten who are constantly in the trial. Yeah. Um, YouTube um, Red only has like seven to ten million. So they're kind of struggling with this premium service. And I think that's what comes from being a free service for so yeah. long and then bumping people with it with a cost. And yeah. they say, oh, YouTube, sorry, Google Play Music will remain the same. Nothing changes your playlist and your own. Because yeah. I've uploaded my whole library to Google Music. Yeah. It's there so that I so can have all, it forever right in the cloud. Yeah, yeah. 90% <laughs> John Farnham. And, uh, but, but there's, no, uh, you know what, I'll put it on the record right now, episode 343, there will come a time in the next 12 to 24 months, if not just shortly after that, that Google Play Music becomes YouTube, YouTube music. music. Because they can't support the same two company, services. The same right. company. Well, Alphabet, well, right? Well, I know, I know giving customers choice is one thing, but when there's too much choice here, well, in this case, it'd be, it'd be like Apple having two services. Yeah. It'd be like having a, like a Beat service. Beat service and, and an, an Apple, Apple music service. service. So just because gonna, of the like, brands. Yeah. So what, what, what what's going to happen with that? So, But while we're talking about YouTube, Red, can I yeah. just digress slightly? Have you watched the Cobra, Cobra Kai? Kai? No, I haven't watched it. You That's told me about it a few genius. weeks ago. I've seen the promos now for it enough that... And I've got a YouTube Red subscription on one of my accounts. Yeah. I just can't remember which one it is. Get into it. Um, it's really, if you're a fan of the original Karate Kid, if you remember the original yeah, Karate Kid, yeah. it is uh, Do you know what? It is you know a where it lost great me? continuation. So you sold me on it. I, I liked the way you sold it to me. Yeah. But then I saw one of the pre-roll ads and I watched the whole thing. And, mate, it just seemed like the dude, the blonde-haired dude... Yeah. Johnny. Was just was just following bloody Ralph Macchio, whatever his friggin' name is. Uh, what's the young yeah, bloke? Daniel Larusso. Daniel, yeah. yeah. It felt like it was the same storyline. Like he came no. across some thugs, and you know, needed to get needed to well, get. It's like it's told more from um, Johnny's side. It's I know, more but, out of his. Like, I know how we're, what's happened to him. Here he is. He's 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 become a bum, and yeah. he's coming out down of and it, out trying to get the Cobra Kai well, dojo back that again. That was what bloody. Yeah, but it's it's the new, but it's the new generation though, and the sort of yeah. There's 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 Daniel Larusso's children, and there's his his son is involved, Mm. and there's a lot of interaction there, and them wanting to learn karate for various reasons, and uh, Daniel Larusso's got it's ten. Ten episodes. Just realised I'm on episode down on billions at the moment. Oh, what's that? Oh, Sava. Yeah, that was great. Last was it episode. this week? Yes. Is it last? Eight. There's another one. There's, There's more. Two to go. I think. So oh, ten, I was ten say, altogether. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, two blokes talking TV. Um, if yeah. you want more info on the YouTube music, go to efgm.com. And uh, if you want more TV recommendations from Stephen Fennick, you can tweet him <laughs> at Stephen Fennick. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, we spoke earlier about the amount of internet connected devices in our homes I think what did you say you got 50 56 there was an interesting report by Telsite to say you've got 56 routers <laughs> not quite but uh, pretty I, close I do have the cast of Star Wars as each of, each of my networks that's embarrassing that's right. mate can you fix it <laughs> there is there was an interesting report from Telsite to say that the Fawad loves I'll, a quote, doesn't he? He does, yeah. No, but I like his, I like his, his reports. I like his analysis. He gives good quote. He gives, he gives a lot of great stats. They do a lot of research and, and analyze the whole thing. Shout out to Fawad. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a fan of the podcast. And they're saying if he's listening, that, I'll be amazed. Well, if we'll get a tweet this week. If Fawad's listening, I'm sending him the full EFTM merchandise pack. <laughs> yeah. We've got these and beautiful if you're not new listening, drink bottles. He'll send you two. Versions. You know those drink <laughs> bottles that stay cold during the day and stay yeah. hot during the day. Unbelievable. Way They're to plug, very good. Way to plug your own merch, mate. I'm not well, selling it. Way to go. If you want one, just tweet me. I might yeah. send you one. You never know. Okay. Well, this report black, says, white, uh, and silver. The they, they did their. <laughs> Get back to the report. Sorry. The Australian Internet of Things Home Market Study was done by Telsite, and uh, it's it's interesting to see that 
the rapid adoption of smart speakers is sort of building the foundations Google for Home, our Echo, adoption, yeah, for, for our adoption into more. So they're saying that if you've got a smart speaker today, and Google's off to a flying start because they had pre-Christmas sales period, that you are more likely to want more right. internet. It of makes things sense, devices. right? Because most people because you've had a taste of it. Also, a lot of people are bundled. So a lot of Google Home or Amazon Echo devices are bundled with a Philips Hue light bulb. Yes. Yeah. So so it gives you that t- temptation it's that, it's of going, oh, I like that. Yeah. Well, that, that's what that's what this report's saying. That we. Why is there well, no Bixby Home? A standalone, yeah. Well, because they got enough. Samsung already got enough products to include Bixby in. Okay. Well, they do. Oh, they do have an audio lab, and they've created some very compelling sound. Just saying, products, if you're going to go all products. in, if you're going to go all in on Bixby, you may as well have well, a little. Well, it'll probably be a smart speaker probably in the second half of the year. They've got a. a, 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 a as, I've been as, to this audio lab, as we've said before. Right, yeah. there's a big chance there's going to be a hot new band hit the market on YouTube Music, Spotify, and Apple Music. We call the smart speakers, you know, <laughs> featuring not sporty. What are they called? What are the who are the Spice, spice girls? girls? Name them all. Go. Sporty Spice. Yep. Posh Spice. Yep. Baby Spice. Yep. Um, this is getting more embarrassing but, um, by the minute. How many are there? Five. Sporty Posh. Spo- what are you saying? Sporty Posh Baby. All right. Um, Ginger. Ginger Spice, yeah. Is that an actual name? Yeah, Ginger Spice. Is that her actual name? Yeah, no, that's it's not her actual name. She's married to Christian Horner, the boss of Red Bull. Is there five? Is there four or five? five? No, I think there's five. There's five. You're missing one. I've gone to the audience. You're missing one, which I'm proud of. I'm glad you didn't get them all because the 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 modern version is Alexa, Siri, Bixby, Google. Yeah. Is there another one? No. No. Alexa, Siri, Bixby, Google. And just just for a bit of fun, we're going to say, "Hey Google." So everyone's speakers are already well. Hey Hey, Siri. Sorry about that. We're going to hey Siri, now. call mum. Oh, you know, here's, here's a good one. Alexa. And no one's things went off because no one's got one. <laughs> yeah. Mate, we won't get well, a single tweet. We'll, we'll get right. 10 tweets from people saying, stop talking to Google. we get 15 tweets from people saying, stop, stop talking to Siri. <laughs> we won't get a single tweet from anyone saying, stop talking to Alexa. Okay. Alexa, Alexa, Alexa. No, one, no one's speakers are going off. We, we don't appeal to that uh, demographic. Maybe though. no one's buying what them. Is it? You think so? Never met anyone that owns one. Okay. Oh, I have. Anyway, you mix in different circles. I do, yeah. Well, uh, just getting back to what I we're talking Fowler about. Reckon Fowler had got one. The, absolutely, he's probably got all of them. Mate. He's tested them all. There are seventeen point one on average connected devices in the Australian household today. You're all below average. How many do you reckon there's going to be by twenty twenty two? What do you think is Four the years, so what is uh, we're thirteen point seven now? This we're talking average, right? You're not average. Thirteen point seven. Thirteen point seven. You're saying four years. Sorry, seventeen point one now. Right, and that's up from thirteen point seven last year. Okay, so, so then by twenty twenty two, what are you reckon? I've got the Fowad answer reckons twenty seven, higher thirty seven. Correct. Really, thirty seven. So uh, a, by twenty twenty two, so that that's going to be more than uh, that's almost double. Well, okay. That's more than double in four years' time. Without going into great deal, let's let's play that out a bit a bit. A little bit. You buy, firstly, you buy the smart speaker. That's one. Speaker. So we're going from seven, we're adding 20, are we? We're adding. We're going from we're 17 go 30, on average to 37. But don't forget, one of them, like, they could be multiples of the same thing. So you no, might no, have no. multiple lights. But and, I'm saying, yeah, you're yeah. going from, you, we're adding 20, the, right? Yes. So I'm are. saying smart speaker, yep. like four light bulbs. Sensors. TV, fridge. Because you've got to remember, yep. this is, oh, it's four years away. So it's not a lot of purchasing yep. of TVs and stuff. So we're talking motion sensors. Nah, uh, he's talking out alarms, his, doorbells, nah, talking out his light. I think lights are because you can have mate, you can have eight light, ten lights just there. That's ten off. Four your years, list. that's too soon. So he's kidding. That's a rough oh, well, projection. But that's what he thinks. But go back to your he also says that the smart speaker customers, 
87% are also looking now for more advanced IoT functionality. So they want more, more devices to connect to the network. I reckon Telside did this for SEO. Just <laughs> well, to own, own IoT. It worked. It worked. Anyway, I've, uh, I've written about all of those on Stephen's got all the details up at techguide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, if you're looking for, uh, if you have got a smart home, one of the things you need is smart Wi-Fi and consistent Wi-Fi right across your home. And uh, the good people at Netgear have the product for you. That is the Netgear Orbi. Uh, Wi-Fi system. It's a system because it's not just one box that sits with your modem. It's a it's a bunch of boxes, one or two or three or more, but initially just one box that sits with your modem and then a satellite. And that satellite and that modem uh, router create uh, an unbelievable uh, Wi-Fi network across your home. You can keep your existing modem. So you've just signed up to the NBN. You're with any telco. You don't have to get a new modem. You simply, I, what I do is I disable the Wi-Fi in the, in the telco modem Add to that the Netgear Orbi system, and you've got a complete fast network all across your home. It's it's. I've recommended this, I reckon, every week to at least three people on the radio, and I've never, ever had someone come back and say it didn't do what you said it would do. Um, people who want Wi-Fi speed, people who want Wi-Fi range, always end up with a happy happy family and a happy wife, happy life kind of situation, Stephen, with your Wi-Fi too, uh, with a Netgear Orbi. You can find them at JB Hi-Fi and other places, netgear.com slash Orbi. Well, Stephen, um, there is a bit of drama Sorry, at the before moment. Before you continue, <clears throat> okay. The the Spice Girl we were missing was Scary Spice. Scary Spice, Listen, Sporty Spice, Baby Spice, Ginger Spice. I had respect for you when you didn't know the answer, and then you Googled it. I Googled mate. it. Yeah. It's embarrassing. Wikipedia's got quite a solid Wikipedia. Post now there's the people going. Girls. They were going to tweet us, and now they're not going to. Well, should have left them hanging. They would have tweeted back then. At that point of the podcast. Interesting to see whether people do. Anyway, um, bit of drama. Remember we talked last week about ZTE and their drama with yes. North Korea um, and America. Yep. Then you've got plenty of drama around the world about Huawei and whether or not they're, they've got whatever they're going on with their software and hardware. Another company that gets that kind of attention is Kaspersky. And now I, I, don't, I don't have the full background here, but there's enough drama around Kaspersky being a Russian company yeah. and whether or not the Russian government the or spy had the agencies. Best reputation no. as, as internet. And so there's, there was an expose at some point where someone f- digged into the software and, and thought that it was, um, it was basically sharing information about users. So there's this cloud hangs over them, especially yeah. when you're trying to do defense contracts and government contracts. It's, a, it's almost a big red line through your name. I find it fascinating, and I absolutely applaud Eugene Kaspersky for this move because he's spending billions on it. They are moving their basically their entire data center and software production process to the to Switzerland, right? The neutral third yeah, party. Smart. I think this is brilliant because what they're doing is setting up a third party to oversee the implementation, a third party to monitor it, and they're saying that essentially the way they develop software, you know, so when a new bit of code gets rolled out, it goes through this system, through this process. That's all going to be in Switzerland. It's not going to be in uh, in, in Russia. And the data center, so my data, your data, they might, the Russians will still use a Russian data center because it's cheaper, but mm. um, the my data, your data, and a bunch of other countries will be in Switzerland, yeah. mate. I think from a PR perspective, this is brilliant because now Eugene Kaspersky, whenever asked, can say, listen, I've told you time and time again, they've got nothing to do with it. The government knows nothing. Our software is clear. And to demonstrate that, I've gone even further. I've spent billions of dollars and I've invested in this. You cannot question me now. And I think it's brilliant, mate. It's part of the, they're calling it the Global Transparency Initiative, which is 
the saying what Essentially, it is. yeah. They're, they're just so, saying, uh, listen, we're trying to be hands in the air, open. Because you can look, Kaspersky's a massive company. We talked about Norton. You've really only got your mm-hmm. tent poles, Trend, Norton, Kaspersky, and mm-hmm. McAfee, right? They're yep. your four tent pole security companies. And they're all they're all about as good as each other when it comes to knowing what's going on on the internet, right? But any, any cloud hangs over one of them, and you have this whole problem of how do we gain users' trust and credibility. So I think it's smart. And smart I think move. that... Maybe it's indicative of of uh, the problems that others have in terms of ownership and the like with you know ZTE and Huawei, because you know it's not like Huawei can say well we're just going to suddenly you know move everything offshore. Their whole their yeah, whole, the whole DNA yeah. is is China, and, and that that's not easy. Whereas that- Eugene Kaspersky is an independent human being, who he just happens yep. to be Russian, who's gone well bugger it, we'll yep. just throw the money at it. So what they're saying by the end of twenty nineteen, the lab will uh, will establish the data center in Zurich. Yep. And it will process all information for users in Europe, North yep. America, Singapore, and Australia. Yep. Japan and South Korea, with more countries to follow, of course. I, th- I just and, think uh, a huge shout out. I think it's a good move. I think it's a smart move from a yeah. from an e- every perspective. I think, and I'm not saying it's as big as, but you know, we've talked about Samsung's massive PR win since the dramas of the Note Seven. Yeah. You know, it's just it's just all upwards, right? And, Absolutely. And no one would have yeah. thought you could recover from that. I think that in this case, you look at something, someone that's got this kind of cloud hanging over them. Mm-hmm. I think we'll look back on this and go, well, others should should follow suit. And if you want transparency, you've got to create it. So, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's, you, it's a good you story. You've got to, uh, actions speak louder than works here. Spot on. So Spot that's on. a good move on Kaspersky's part. Full details at uh, EFTM.com. Interesting little story uh, coming out of Microsoft, and in uh, more to, more to do with their Xbox actually, and uh, they've just developed a new adaptive controller. This now, this this is confusing, but brilliant. Well, what it is is, and, and I'll, 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 can I stop you? You yeah. know what happened? I got this email. There's a picture of this controller. Mm-hmm. I ha- I firstly checked if it was April Fool's Day. I thought, what the hell is this? I thought, like, the what same. is this? What is yeah. this? Is a gag? Is it? Are no. they trying to trick me into something? No. And, you know, look, we, we get a lot of emails. Sometimes you don't read the whole thing and you're thinking, what are you doing? But this got my attention to think, okay, what do you mean? It's a brilliant story. Well, to preface what I'm about to say, Microsoft's mission statement is to empower every person and every organization to achieve more. Now, in this case, we're talking about an adaptive controller, so a product for the Xbox, but designed for gamers with limited mobility. So there's not... There are people who, uh, various for various reasons, can't hold a controller properly. Yep. They struggle with the regular controllers. Yep. So what Microsoft has done is come up with this controller. It's got two massive buttons, but there's also all these other reprogrammable buttons that can be uh, made to imitate standard controller button inputs. Yes. You can also connect other third-party products as well yeah. and control them through this as well. And, and here's the thing: the most important part of this whole story, because this is a like it's a big deal for the for the accessibility community, if, if I can be so so simple as to say it, mm-hmm. say it like that. Um, but normally, I would have thought, okay, well, this is you know, it's going to be an expensive bit of kit. Ninety nine dollars, ninety nine dollars US. A hundred US dollars. Let's call it one hundred fifty here, right? Yeah. This is this is something that you know doesn't matter what your accessibility issue is, whether it's just thumb controls mm. or whether it's you know whole hand control. Yep. It's creating a new way of using the Xbox that didn't exist before. And the good thing, too, is that they, they didn't think, oh, we can do this on our own. No. They actually consulted. They were, did it in partnership with uh, p- the companies like or organisations like the Able Gamers Charity, mm. the Cerebral Palsy Foundation as yep. well, yep. Uh, and, and, other, and other entities there. So they, they had all this input from these other organisations, and 
collaborated with them to come up with what is now the adaptive controller, which Fantastic. It is, is terrific. You, you, you want everyone to be able to have an opportunity to enjoy the same things that everyone else does, and yep. this is a great way for uh, players with, uh, with limited mobility to uh, be able to enjoy the games as much as we can. Spot on. It's a great product, a great idea, and a great initiative. And it, it, it's, it's one of those, um, you know, you've got to walk the talk uh, moments, you know. If you're going to have that as your mission statement, you should follow through with your product level. So well, well done, Microsoft, on that one. Details of the Xbox controller are up at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, Stephen, let's wrap up with the minute reviews as we always do. And as the um, qualified drone pilot among us, you've been out flying again. I have, yeah. This is a, the Tello drone uh, made by Rise Tech, but that's actually, they use a lot of DJI's technology on board. So you can technically say this is a little mini DJI It does drone. Look, a, look a bit like a mini DJI. It looks like, like a mini Spark, yeah. Yep. This is even smaller. fits in the palm of your hand and designed for, I think, more for your entry-level flyer. Someone just wants to have a bit of fun, maybe give it to a child. Even an adult can have a bit of fun with this. Use it as like a bit of a selfie, flying selfie camera. And it is all automated through an app. So takeoffs, landings, it's just a press of a button. Really simple to control. Gives you a bit of a tutorial on the fly. Does things like and land in an, on your hand and take off from your hand. There's also throw to fly. So you just throw it in the air and it takes off. Really stable little drone. Which is the problem with most yeah. mini drones is they're actually they're rubbish. tricky. Yeah, that's right. They're very tricky. This has got really good stability. They just sit there. Really easy to control with the app. Uh, so you can then take your photos and videos. What's the video f- like? Stabilised? Video quality, yeah, it's, it is stabilised. Yes. Yeah, not bad. 720p, can work up to 100 metres away. Uh, it's got 5 megapixel camera. There's a photo of me I took with it. You know, photos, good, not great. But if you're using it as a, as a selfie camera, it, it, it does the job. But it really easy to fly. And a lot of, uh, it's got a couple of uh, fly, like auto flight things where you can do circuits and orbits and stuff, stuff like that. So you can capture... Pretty pretty decent looking video, mm. even if you've never flown a drone before in your life. It's a hundred and sixty nine bucks, so affordable, and but has the quality. You can have a lot of fun flying it. It's, it's a really really stable drone, and you can even take it further. You can even learn to program the drone as well. So nice. a little bit if you want to, if you're a child or you, you want to you want to give this to to your son or daughter, they can sort of learn a bit of coding and use this through the the Tello software developers kit as well. Have a bit of fun that way as well. Nice. It's the Tello drone and. You can find it at techguide.com.au. Now you mentioned we mentioned the P20 last week because of the launch. Uh, it's actually available as of the moment we speak today, yeah, in, today. In, in Australia. Um, and you've been using it now for a couple of weeks. I've been using it for about a week or a few days. It's mate. It's a very very nice smartphone. It is, and, and I think it's it's a device that Huawei's proven that they can compete with Samsung and Apple here. This has got the, the we've spoken about earlier, the, the three-lens camera system that, let's face it, this is the flagship feature of the device, is the no camera. No doubt, yeah. So while it's got a great camera, and uh, it, it does have, though, things that, uh, there are a few things missing. Right. So it's not a perfect phone, but let's face it, our phone is our camera. You know, buy a phone because it makes better phone calls than another. You buy a phone because it looks good, and this does. It's got especially the twilight finish, which is a nice purpley blue, pinky yep. sort of color. But it's the camera that the really, the really state uh, takes the cake here. And uh, camera wise, and I've used it to for night shots. And I love the fact that you can aim it. Like I aimed it at my Dalmatians, and it says it identifies. The oh, there's a, there's a dog. The there's first, a dog here. The first came out, and the mate is there. Yeah. Yep. 
if you're pointing at some flowers, it says flowers. If you're pointing to the sky, it says sky. And it does instant photoshopping of your image. If you have it in the vivid mode, it really pumps up the colours and really makes your photo look amazing. But I want to talk about, though, the things that aren't there. Yep. Because we've got to remember, we talked about last week, it's a $1,099 phone. So yeah. it's bucket loads cheaper than the other guys. But, you know, we like to think that, you know, head-to-head it's, it's as good. So what are we missing? Well, it doesn't have a micro SD card slot. No expandable memory. You can, you've got your SIM card, and the tray is actually quite big. There would be room there's to room, have it. There's two, it's got two yeah. SIM slots. Well, you can have two SIMs so if you want to. So there's room for a bloody... You, you could easily you have, could put have a have micro it. SD. You could, uh, we'd be given the choice. might have been better. So my problem was I sat down at my desk, and I went, put it down, not charging. I've got a wireless no, charging. Like no it, wireless charging. How, is, how does a Again, phone not have wireless charging? Well, I think that it was a strange choice. Oh, I wrote in my review. phone, yeah. wireless charging. Hello. We, yeah, when, when Apple and Samsung are doing it and you're not, you sort of kind of stand out for the wrong reasons yep. there. So that, that was an interesting choice as well. The other interesting choice was having the home button. In this day and age where they're trying to maximise screen, yeah. screen size and you know, they've got razor-thin bezels and really they've got a notch even to sort of give it as much room as possible, they stick a home button down at the bottom. Without that home button, that was another odd choice where the screen could have gone all the way to the bottom, but stick the stick the fingerprint reader on the back of the phone like their other devices yeah. used to have. And I think it was the Mate 10 Pro has the the the, the fingerprint reader on the back. But that that again was an odd choice. But overall, though, I think this this is a phone, an Android device that could very well lure customers away from totally. Samsung and Apple. Could, this could be the one that sort of yep. says, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this a go, especially on the quality of that camera, which is ranked by DxOMark as the best in the world by yeah, a mile. It, look, yeah, and you know what? The front camera is pretty good too. I, I, I don't often take selfies, but I did the other night. I did like an Insta story with Harry yeah. was sick, and I, and I, I took, the, took the photo, poor little fellow, and then I went, crap, that's a good, that's a nice shot. Like it yeah. came up really oh, well. It's fantastic. And even so, the zoom is really impressive. I did, I did a little yeah, thing. Yeah, so your clock tower zoom. Yeah, so I, I did yeah. a, the normal zoom three times, five times, ten times, and even the 10 times picture is sharp as a pin. Yeah, it's very so nice. that is terrific. And you, you're talking about a 40 megapixel lens, 20 megapixel lens, and an 8 megapixel telephoto lens as well. Mm. So plenty of d- technology built into that camera. And that is the key selling point. If you, if you want a camera that you can use, not only what I said in the review was that the the... the Appeal of the product is the fact that it takes great photos, but there's no effort to take those great yeah. photos. It does everything. But if you do want to take control with the pro mode, you can do that as well. So there's plenty of shooting modes you can enjoy. Check it out, techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, Stephen, that's uh, 343 in the can. What do you know about tenancy law in New South Wales? Tenancy law? Yeah, like squatting and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so you don't want to leave, do you? Well, if you we stay, stay here, <laughs> do we take ownership in some way? Because I've, heard, I've heard, heard horror stories from landlords who couldn't kick their tenants out. Yeah. Just wondering if we just stay here, I reckon. how do they get rid of us? Within an hour, we'll be both in a headlock by seeing with us. Who's going to headlock us? <laughs> hey? Good luck. <laughs> Nah, I reckon it we just stick around. Good. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't mind spending the weekend here, actually. Should have nice. bought your bathers, mate. Should have, yeah. Not who, for the beach. There's who, a bloody pool. Who's to say I haven't got them on right now, Trevor? Stephen, <laughs> that is not an image anyone needs. I've been there, done that in Bali, friend. I'm out there, Jerry, and I'm loving it. Loving it. we'll be back again next week with another another episode. Although, when do you get back from uh, Vietnam? Are you going to check uh, out the QLED factory next the week? QLED factory in Vietnam, yeah. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'm not back till Saturday morning, so it might have to be uh, following week for... Three, we'll do four, a, we'll four. do a Monday morning then. 
Yeah. All right, rock and roll. Uh, two blokes talking tech. Uh, thanks to Unidan and Netgear. Check it out. Uh, everything we do at techguide.com.au and efgm.com. You can follow Stephen at Stephen Finnick. You can follow me at Trevor Long. Jump on the podcast app. Leave a rating, a review, and uh, feel free to give us some feedback. We love it. Not the negative stuff. That's rubbish. Especially the five-star feedback. That's even better. That's the only stuff we want. Yeah. 